guys, this is Projecto Siembra. Welcome to another episode, episode number two. Uh, here in this podcast, we love to talk about all things in the Hispanic community, from business to pop culture to everyday life. My name is Miguel. I am your host again. And uh, my team is here as well. I'm going to have them let them introduce themselves. Hello, everybody. It's Jose again here with the Proyecto Siembra team. Super excited to talk about this topic today. Um, I'll pass it on to my fellow teammates. Hola, mi gente. Mi nombre es Hector Morales, uh, and I'm part of Proyecto Siembra. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrea Silva Flores, and I'm excited to be here again. Hey, guys. This is Lupe, and I'm just very excited to talk about today's topic and get to it. Hi, guys. This is Melissa. I'm super excited and nervous. This is my first podcast with the whole team, so I hope you guys welcome me. Hey, everyone. My name is Wendy. I'm super excited for you guys to hear the podcast we have planned for today. Hi, guys. It's Stephanie. Welcome back to another episode. Hey, guys. It's Sandy. Welcome back to another episode. Very excited to talk about what we're talking about today. There's going to be a lot of reminiscence and a lot of laughs. Awesome. So today's topic is I'm my parents keeper. And we decided to do this topic because we are all children of immigrant parents. And as first generation immigrants, we face a lot of responsibilities, even at a very young age. So today's episode will touch on some of the most prominent aspects that make us our parents keepers. So I wanted to start off by everybody just going around and sharing how long they've been living in the U.S. for. So I'm a Mexican native, and I've been living in the U.S. since I was six. I'm 23. Can't do the math on spot. So, oh, yeah. Man. Sick. <laughs> Somebody will do the math eventually. <laughs> She's been here forever. That's all that matters. I'm a, I'm a Mexican native as well. I've been here since I was... I came here at ten, nine, turning 10. And I'm 25, so it's been 15 years. I did the math. It was 17. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey. um, this is Lupe. Um, I am also a Mexicana. Soy Mexicana. Uh, but I've been here for, I think, also like 14 years. I was nine, and I'm 23 now. So whatever that math is. This is Sophie. That's right. I'm also a Mexican native. I've been in the U.S. since 2004, so I would say that's about close to, uh, I'm 22, so that's close to whatever Stephanie's math was. 13 years. This is Melissa. I've been in the U.S. for 24 years because I was born here. <laughs> I'm a U.S. citizen. Um, this is Andrea. Um, I was, well, I came here when I was eight. I'm 23 now, so I've been here for about almost 16 years. Um, I'm also a Mexican. Hi, this is Jose. I am originally from Venezuela, and I've been here since I was four years old. So that gives me, what, 22 years here in the U.S. Dang. Cool. Dang. <laughs> okay, I'm um, Hector Morales. Uh, I've been here since I was 10 years old. I'm 24 now, 14 years. Holy cow. Dang, Hector and I came, we were on the plane next to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys i'm wendy i was born in mexico and i was brought at nine months so i've been here for 22 years 23 years old all right well we've all been here a really long time it's really evident that we've spent most of our lives in the u.s um if not or at least our teen years and, and young adulthood for sure. So we've had to grow up in a completely new culture and adapt to it, but we've also had to take on, as I mentioned before, responsibilities that kind of weren't intended for us. They were intended for our parents, but as new new immigrants in the country, they were still trying to dominate the language. So we had to help them out through this. And one of the biggest examples that I can think of was taking on um, the responsibility of translating and interpreting um, for our parents. Mm -hmm. And not only in person, but like letters and all of that, which we all have like fried stories of what that's been like for us. You can say we've been like low-key working for, since for we real. arrived. <laughs> so like childhood labor. Yeah, some patriarchs are definitely out. Working immigrant. <laughs> the entire translating process, man, it, it goes like. You think it'd just be like translating, like, like, just like, oh, like, what does this line say? It's like, no, like, what does the entire document, 23 pages say? And summarize it in like two words. Right. Because I'm about to sleep and I need to know what it is right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I have school tomorrow. It's 11. 
Yeah, and you're asking me to translate legally binding. But Miguel, remember, this is why they're sending us to school so yeah. that we can translate oh. these documents. Like I have a final tomorrow, and I'm in like fifth grade, and you want me to translate <laughs> this legally binding document? Oh no, you were taking finals in fifth grade. I was gonna say, I don't know. I was just, I'm exaggerating, but like, <laughs> this is false. This is fake news. Like I'm trying to be the recorder. I don't know how to. I can barely speak it myself. <laughs> like I, I've only had two classes. I can't translate it. Oh my like, god! Well, you're taking English class, aren't you? I'm like yes, but they don't literally teach me English. They just, I have to read something. <laughs> and I don't even know what I'm reading. God. Oh my god! Seriously, yo, it took me years for things to click in my head of like what I was really doing. Like in elementary school, when we would have reading class, like or the reading section to our day, it was I didn't know what I was reading. You guys, I was just like, when I successfully read like an English, like you know, like they they did like the popcorn thing, and they're like, okay, Miguel, you're next, and then somebody had to translate for me to tell me that I was next, and I'm like, oh shit. And I just read whatever it is that I read off of the textbook. And then when I was done, everybody clapped for me. And I was like, oh, shit. I remember so that. Cool. I remember that very clearly. That was literally like my worst nightmare. Like, I would count to see who was in front of me. And like, okay, I would be like, this is my life. And I would like rememberize it. And then when they would switch up or something happened, I'd be like, I'm screwed. <laughs> until high school, I did that. Like... There's still words I don't know. I'm like, mm. I just read it in Spanish and hope it sounds right. You go to the bathroom. And it was so hard because like I was in owner's English and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, I don't know anything about English. And like they put you to read, like everyone should read at least two pages and people like good accent and everything. And then you go and you're like, can you hold up a minute? I'm translating this word because I have no clue what I'm saying. And the teacher were like, okay, we'll wait for you. And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hated that so much. But, you know, it makes you grow, I guess. Not only, like, translating, like, documents, but, like, translating, like, conversations. And you're like, yeah. like, you just go, <laughs> your parents just, they... They told you to go with you to the supermarket to help you carry your bags, but it was just really to help you translate. Yes. My <laughs> favorite interactions was when my dad would go to Sam's Club and he was at customer service and would like flip out on people and like just like cussing them out. And I'm like translating, but obviously not the customer. <laughs> um, he just, he's really unhappy. Like, can you just, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I, I'm, I'm just here. <laughs> he's so crying. <laughs> don't stand for any of this and he's like tell him what i'm saying he said that that man over there yeah yeah and then and then he would take it out on me because he wasn't getting what he wanted from the customer service like i worked for sam's club like i like i'm just here he's like i'm like oh, i'm sorry like i hate customer service interactions because of it. <laughs> no, my favorite memory was when you would finally get away from I frijoles en la casa and your parents would be like, Hey, I'm gonna take you to McDonald's and we're gonna like we're gonna get food. But instead of getting out of the car, you would go to the drive thru. Right. And even if you were at the back of the van, your ass had to make it to the front of the van to order for the rest of the family. Or when they were like super specific, like menu orders that they order like i want this hamburger no tomatoes no. and you're like okay but then your other people your other people your um your brother is like okay now i want this 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 and then you forgot everything so they have to talk to you on the back and they're like and we want this and we want that and like something always messed up in the order so it was all your fault i'll be like okay i'll be like como se dice sour cream and, and <laughs> <laughs> your parents are really trying to like figure out yeah they're trying to figure out like what i'm trying to say i'll just be like like yeah he wants sour cream and then when we get home he bites into it he's like 
I'd be like, yeah, that's that's fucked up. They put whipped cream on that thing. Yeah, they put whipped cream. I'm like, man, <laughs> we should not go there again. I'm sweating. That was funny. But like, because we had to translate all these like kinds of things, I feel like in a sense it made us a bit more independent. It gave us a sense of maturity, or it made us grow faster than than we should have. Um, because in a sense, we we were. Um, helping them like pave the way in like some parts or aspects of their lives that were also uh that also impacted us in a sense as well what whether it was translating something for court or translating something for the school uh like report cards or like like uh parent teacher conferences i mean i'm gonna be honest like my parents never went to parent teacher conferences because they never knew like when they were happening because they couldn't read the paper Retweet. Same. So it's like, yeah, then parents never went or like never went to like, it wasn't like a, like a conference, but it was just for the teachers to like meet your parents and be like, Hey, how you doing? And then my, like, I could tell my parents that and they'd be like, that existed. And we're like, yeah, they never went. So. Nope. But hitting back on that topic about like maturing earlier, it's kind of like there's it's benefits and there it's things that held us back as well. But I think in the long run, it helped us. It helped us become more independent, like you said, Miguel, mm-hmm. and allowing us to grow. But it kind of like stole a little bit of our, like, our childhood as well. Um, if we're being honest, um, we didn't get to enjoy the same things that other people got to enjoy. Um, just because we had to be, especially if we're the eldest or an only child um, with them here in the U.S., uh, we just had to be like that crotch sort of, uh, sort of for them um, to rely on all the time. Yeah, and it's funny because... Well, uh, yeah, like we miss parts of not only our lives, but like parts of like school in general that we didn't get to experience. Uh, Like some of us couldn't go to like certain events or certain clubs because we had to help our parents like translate or they had to go to the meeting and we had to go with them. So like when you go to like an immigration to try to get like renew someone's passport, like you're like 10 trying to play on your DS and you can't even do that because your parents are like, <laughs> you got to pay attention when they call us. And I'm, I'm just trying to beat this. I'm just trying to catch Pokemon. Like, come on. <laughs> and you can't even do that. So you're just sitting there 10 years old, spending your entire Saturday at the consulate while you, your friends are at a movie or they're having sleepovers and you're like, Oh, like, like why can you come over? Like, Oh, so the consulate translating from my parents. You're going to do this. Like, yeah and then at the same time like you know how to do that now to like get the passport oh yeah it's so like like jose and miguel said is like it took childhood away yes it did but at the same time it took us gave us an upgrade i guess so now we know how to do this now we know um like i was doing taxes for my parents when i was 13 literally yeah. be like uh, I need to translate this, uh, get to it. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to translate stuff. And there was like no words that I could find to translate. Like even in English, like your taxes are super difficult. And for you to translate to your parents when you're 13 about this uh, point number six, did you file jointly? Did you do this? And you're like, uh, what do I say? Deduction. <laughs> but and if something goes wrong, they just blame us. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> You're like, mira, yo voy a corte porque no, no llenaste esto. <laughs> like, oh we all, then we all go into court because I got to go with you anyway. Erige tres dependes, no dos. Guys, do you ever, you're ever like at the gym, you know, getting your workout in, your mom calls you to translate the weirdest things. Like, yes, yes. Like, mom, I'm trying to hit this 140 over okay? They don't even know what a 140 is. Okay. I was talking about my squats. I know, no, but like your parents. Like, you don't like, know I don't know either. I'll get it. Yeah. Dang. I remember being in uh like in middle school and I was like I was doing football and I was doing track and field. I never ran because my grades were shit, but like my parents would just drop me off or like pick me up from practice. They didn't even know what I was doing. And I would tell my parents like, yeah, I'm running. It was like, yeah, I just broke a record. And my parents would be like, dang, good job. They never went to any of my games. <laughs> but then I never ran at the same time. So I will say that I got away with a lot of stuff. I think we kind of mentioned this yeah. earlier. 
I was in middle school and I kept, I kept, it was seventh grade. I just acted out seventh grade and I was always late to class. So I got Friday school for the first time and I didn't know how to explain to my dad. First off, he's super sure, so I was in trouble regardless. But I didn't know how to explain to him. I had to stay after school on a Friday for two hours. So instead of going to Friday school and not having to tell my dad, I took ISS instead. And since they did it, they never contacted the school. I don't know. They never found out. So I was able to get away with a lot of things. Just I remember my on your own at the end of the day. So it's when I got OSS because of tardies, like tardies, like I never got in trouble at school at all. It's just it accumulated so many tardies at Pike and I got OSS and my dad flipped out and he's like, you got kicked out of school. You, you're doing horrible. You better go work in La Guanajuato. I got a contact. And I'm like, oh my. <laughs> like, it's a tardy. Like, I, how, do, how do I explain to you? They won't let me in after the bell. And he's like, chismoso. They kick you out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Eso te pasa por estar hablando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tardies are like the most, I'm trying to like make a, into, wow, I can't. So I'm trying to, sorry, never mind. Mm-hmm. Has anyone been to PSA? To where? See PSA. PSA. <laughs> it's like ISS, but for middle schoolers at Pike. That that room oh. in the corner. Those are the real bad kids. Oh yeah. We don't know. You know que esa escuela mala, no sé. Whoa. We're gonna kick you out right now. I'm gonna kick you for life. You know who, who we are. Who, we be time for fall every what, year. What are, those? what are those, by the way? Never seen them before. We've got to start right. a few in social media. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but I do agree with you guys. Like, you get a lot. You get, well, like, for me, I can talk about, like, my mom. It was just always me and my mom because I was, like, from a single parent house. So I think that was a little more, like, it gave me a lot more, like, liberty to do whatever kind of like whatever I wanted, but like, it also made me responsible because like I understood, like it was never like I had the two parents like telling me what to do. It was just like me and my mom. So it was always more of like a dialogue between the two of us, kind of like we were like partners. So I think like for us, it was a little easier because it was just two people instead of like a whole family um, to like translate or do that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely got away with a lot because she was she's a single mom and you know she was an immigrant mom so i can definitely say that maybe i took advantage some sometimes but you know always responsibly yeah and like now like that we're older we can actually like understand like what our parents went through like maybe like not go or understand exactly what they went through but we we have a sense now of like filing taxes or uh, setting up the, the same appointments that we're now attending, like doctor's appointments. I know like just in the sense of growing up uh, in general, because my parents were un- entrepreneurs and I had to, I basically grew up with my dad's business and helping him translate and, and talking to clients in some sense. Um, it, I feel like that shaped who I am today. And if it wasn't for situations like that, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Uh, I'm just picturing, like, I'm sure we've all sat down and pictured our lives, like how different it would be if we never came to the U.S. Like, what would, would, excuse me, what would we be doing now in our home countries? Would we be pursuing the same goals? Do we, would we have degrees? Some of us would have jobs. Uh, I don't personally think that I would be into photography. Um, I don't know what I probably would have been better academically over there because I know that's like a huge thing in Mexico. You, I don't think you can get a job. Uh, if you can, it's like nothing like above being like a waiter. Uh, if you don't have a degree and they take education there a lot more seriously than a lot of people take it here. Uh, so I, I have no idea like where I would be, honestly. I don't know, like, about you guys like what depending on like what you like to do now like how do you see yourselves if like this other life that you could have had you know for me um so mine's a little bit different just because um so I'm the oldest and my youngest like it's only me and my brother but like my brother um 
he's special needs. So he, that's the reason why we moved to the United States. So for me, it was like my parents knew kind of English, my mom more than my dad, but they both like knew how to read it. Um, it was just kind of like speaking it and like putting sense and everything. So for me, it was just kind of like translating at one point. But I, like you said, Miguel, like it's kind of hard like to think about like, okay, like everything that happened here as a kid would have been different if I would have stayed over there. Like it's just, a, I don't know. I have a, those thoughts like even till this day, like especially seeing my cousins, they're graduating from like medical school and like, you know, all these stuff. And I'm just over here like, yo, like how different my life could have been. but. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to most of the things. It's just a little different for me. Um, like definitely like one of my biggest to this day, like it gets me is when my dad gets mad at me for like not knowing a word. Um, and he's like, so why are you in college? Like you should know this word. And I'm like, well, I don't know it in Spanish. Like, you know, I feel like at one point you learned the language more like, okay. So Spanish was my first language. And then you learn English, but then since you don't have a lot of people to speak Spanish with, you forget your native language. So then once like you try to translate, you're like, ooh, so I'm ha- I think that's my big, biggest issue right now that I'm like low-key kind of forgetting some words in Spanish. Mm, I can see that. That was a big problem with me uh, growing up because like whenever my siblings came in, they, they obviously stayed in Mexico. They finished uh, school in Mexico, they both have degrees, they both have like great jobs. Um, and because they, I feel like in a sense, this is like something completely different. I'm probably going back into a point now, but like I had siblings and I was the only one that came to the States. So my siblings got to experience the life that they grew up with, like fully in Mexico. And I didn't. So I got like half over here, half over there. And I feel like that was for me, it was a different experience because whenever they came, like going back to your point, Andrea, like whenever I would speak Spanish, um, I would, I obviously at that point, like once I learned English, like four five years into it, I spoke English better than I spoke Spanish because I only spoke Spanish at home and it was just like basic Spanish. So it wasn't like I'm going to school and I'm like, you could say like speaking in a university it's different than speaking with like your like everyday like colleagues and things like that. So it's the same thing in Spanish. Uh, so they would correct me and be like, you don't say something like this. You didn't say it like that. And it's funny too, just adding on to that. Cause now like some of like the English and Spanish has mixed into like Spanglish. So like there's some words that our parents say that you wouldn't think they would say because they grew up in Mexico or like wherever they grew up. So you would think they would know like better to say things like frisado or like parquear or troca and be like, those are not words. And I'm always correcting people. And I'm like, why are you saying it like that? Like you literally grew up with Spanish. Like you are an older individual and you're saying like frisado and things like that. And it's funny because like you could see that the American culture like got to them, like the Spanish, Spanglish got to them as well. So in a sense, we weren't the only ones that got that were affected. I feel like it's, and you know, it's, it's funny, funny to see that. You mentioned that Miguel too, because uh, my mom. So she's really like both of my parents, but my mom was like really strict um, when it came to Spanish. Like she wanted us to like learn it like the correctly like yeah, read grammar, Spanish, like, write Spanish. You no, know, like yeah. a higher level of Spanish, I would say. So for like Spanish, that's not a thing. Like she doesn't believe in it. Like she's like, you can't <laughs> speak. Like it's not a, like it's just. It's like she feels like it's a how would I say like offensive towards like you know I don't know she's just special with it mm-hmm. but my dad like mm-hmm. he said like he works so he he's in contact with other people who speak like that so like he comes home and he mm-hmm. tries to speak like that and my mom be correcting him yeah, and I just be like, the oh, like yeah it's okay <laughs> but yeah I think yeah. it's funny I feel like for parents it's it's not just not the language. Like for us, it was mentally too and physically. And I feel like at least for my parents, that happened too. Like going to another country, don't know anything. Like it makes you feel less like it or not. If you have money, if you don't have money, it makes you feel less just because you don't know the, 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 um, 
the language and that psychologically uh, brings people down. Have you guys noticed that your parents are a little more, what's the word I want to say, less to do something because of the language barrier? Yeah, for sure. And that scares them a lot. Like for, for me, and then I want to go back to what Miguel and, uh, yeah, Miguel was saying is like, my brothers could have stayed there, but I also don't want people to be like, oh, you could stay there, you could beat someone. No, because like in other, in other, um, in other countries, literally you could try to do something, but at least for my parents, my dad is, was in the military, my mom was a nurse in the army. Uh, they had to flee the country, we had to flee the country because the drug cartels were gonna kill them. And it's like, you have to leave your country just because there's no other choice. And then, and then, and I'm not saying that your parents had a choice or anything, but it's like just trying to like uh, a shift for everyone. And it's so quick that it's like a culture shock for everyone. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember what's, what, what I was trying to get at. You're like me in the last episode. <laughs> right. But, but it's like, I just want to say that for the people that are listening and maybe they're not Latinos or they're not uh, from Paris, um, Latino parents is like, just know that for us, at least because I know you guys is like, we flee the country. We try to better ourselves because we couldn't do anything else in our country because there was no opportunities for us whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Like with my mom, uh, she had just gone through like a divorce um, and she was trying to make her on her own as a single mom. But um, she had my brother when she was pretty young. She was like 15 when she got pregnant. So um, she just wasn't in the best spot to like, I guess, like she just she just didn't know how to make it any other way um, than to come here. Because mm-hmm. um, we had uncles and they had their own company that they were starting and they were like, you know, come try it out. And so she took her two kids and she sold everything that she had and she brought us here. So I can definitely agree with that, that um, like my, my family in Mexico, like from my dad's side, they have like really good jobs. They go, they work for the government or whatever. Um, so they have good jobs. And like, I don't doubt that if I would have stayed and I would have maybe like studied psychology or whatever, I would have been able to like work on the hospitals for Mexico. Like, I, I, I don't doubt that. But I think, like, I would never be ungrateful for everything that my mom did and the fact that I'm here because yeah. it made me who I am right now. And it, I think I needed that. I don't know. You just grow up very, like, humble, you know? Um, it was just a very humbling experience to be an immigrant in this country. Um, but it's also very empowering, I think. And I think what I was wanting to say with that is that I think it's also on us to empower our parents again, uh, you know, to like give that back to them and be like, you know what, mom, I could do this for you. Like I could fill out this form for you, but I want you to try. I want you to give it a try and tell me how it goes. If you have any questions, let me know. And I'm here for you, but you're going to fill this out on your own and because you can do it because you know how to read. You've been here for a while. You don't know English 100% but you know enough that I believe in you. And she'd yeah. be like, okay, I'm going to do it. And, you know, it's kind of like giving them that little bit of like, now it's the like, turn. Yeah. you gotta, you gotta parent them sometimes, you know, you gotta be mm-hmm. like, you, you got this, like you can do this. You're smart. You came to this country on your own and you figure everything out. So you can figure this paper, you can figure it out this form. You can do it on your own. Yeah. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> that was on your own. And and Lube, it's always like it's always a difficult conversation to have with our parents because they always rely on us. And it's like, how do we tell them no? I want you to do it. Um, with my mom having a restaurant now, she's always telling me to like do this with Grubhub, do this to Uber Eats, translate this document, do an invoice. And I'm like, Mom, let me show you how to do it so yeah. you can do it. You don't have to rely on anybody else. And then it's always I'm like, Oh, I did this for you. I brought you here. You're here because of me. And it's like, Mom, I want you to be better. I want you to grow as well. And I wanted to touch on what Andrea said about speaking Spanish at home. My mom had a no English rule in our house. We could not speak English at all. It was always Spanish. Uh, And 
when my sisters were growing up, uh, she traveled a lot for work. So my young, my middle sister, her Spanish was the worst because when my mom was not around, we only spoke English. And mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it's it's worth it. I think when I moved to Chicago, I wasn't speaking Spanish to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And my I came home for Christmas one time. My mom was like, "Your Spanish is trash." She was like, "That's me now. I moved out." That's Latino. And I had to like submerge myself to reading in Spanish. I saw probably every Netflix TV show in Spanish that I could find. I think it's those struggles that people don't talk about. Like we always talk about our parents' struggles, but like we also had our own struggles and our own like difficulties growing up in this, these two cultures, um, which I would love to hit on a different podcast later on, like adapting to the American culture, but also staying true to who we are as Latinos. Because mm-hmm. um, I think everybody here is super proud to be Latino, to be where we're from, Mexico, mm-hmm. Venezuela, many um, other countries. And I think it's super important to stay true to ourselves, but we have to come to the realization, like we grew up in the United States. So we're going to be a little different from maybe the other people in Mexico, um, just because we grew up here. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys, you guys did a great job with Unidos pointing that out in in the in the short script. Whoever the woman was, she there was a part that really was impactful. She said, uh, "We, it, I think she was kind of saying like we come from different paths, but our paths joined here." So I, I think that's really cool how you guys did that with Unidos at the beginning. Oh, the little trailer, <laughs> yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, that's on. That's definitely on the YouTube channel. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really so, important for us to hit on that subject because we're all different. And but here, nos miran todos como como una sola persona. Like they all think we're the same, um, and we have to be united in that way, but also be as unique as well and mm-hmm. educate them about that. Yeah, real quick to go back to what Lupe said. At least for me, and it's, it's kind of touch basis, just because um, before I moved to uh, to my new uh, location. Um, I told my mom two months prior, hey, I'm going to move. Um, I just want to make sure you guys are ready because I literally was paying rent. I was paying, doing all the bills. But this is before, like, you were still living at your parents? Yeah. For, oh, okay. um, because my lease with my other people uh, got canceled and I need to get another place. I didn't want to get, like, another year. Oh, and so then, you went back with your parents? Yeah. Okay. So I went back a little bit. And... Um, during that time, I kind of saw that my mom was not happy with my dad at that time. So it's, it was like, okay, what's going on here? And my mom, single mother, um, well, um, mother of three people, she got used to just being at home, uh, being a stay-at-home mom. There's nothing wrong with that. But I was like, it was just get up, cook, clean the kitchen, take the kids to the school, which is a whole job by itself. But on top of that, it's like come home and realize that your husband is cheating on you and you need to do something. So it's like at that point, I was like, you know what, mom, you're better. You need to do this. You don't need to stay here. I'm going to support you, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you want to get a job, I'm going to help you with that. It was like, at, at that moment, uh, I felt like parents, at least because I, I know people are watching, uh, listening to it right now. It's like if you can help your parents, and if a parent is doing someone something wrong, talk to them, try to see if you can fix it. If you cannot fix it, go with the other parent, and you know what? Do you do you, you have everything? You you have feet. You have um, you can speak. Let's go do something for you. And literally, I, I thought uh, at some point I thought like my mom was. I, she felt trapped again uh, because she was a, um, a mother that I only knew how to do quote unquote home um, home stuff. And I'm like, Mom, you were a nurse. You uh, like you were a boss ass bitch when you know you were. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? You if you did that before, why can't you do it now? And literally, my mom <laughs> next day went and got a job. And yes, then, queen. Like, and like later, two weeks later, she comes home and I'm like, "Mom, what's up?" She's like, "I got my damn nails did. I took your sister. Yes, sister. queen. We got our hair done. Come through. <laughs> we I was stand. so proud of my mom. You have no idea. It's like to see she was completely like reinventing herself, doing her nails. What what she never did when she was like dating my dad. 
It's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you know what? I want to do this now. And I'm like, holy shit. Just, just telling people, hey, you got this. You can do it. You change a whole system. Mm-hmm. Hector, that, that really resonates with me, like, very, very heavily. So this is kind of touching back on what we were talking about earlier. Also, like, I know there's this. I definitely enable my parents with how to help them. But I feel guilty when I don't help them because I'm like, I owe it to them and everything they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole idea of like you, I had to remind my mom as well, like, especially like a Mexican woman, you grow up very, you, you're submerged into these gender roles where you're very submissive and you kind of lose your in like power as an, as an individual, as a woman. Mm-hmm. So I just recently, actually a couple months ago, I had to remind her everything she had done like you came to a completely different country with me only on your own like you risked so much and like actor said like you're a boss ass bitch yeah, like made power moves you have to reawaken that in them and it's so crazy that and i think it's it's even more impactful to them because now it's their children like their child aware of this and they're telling them and they they're like oh my goodness you're right and it, it is just like I don't know I can and I can picture myself being a mother my child telling me like mom I see you as this but you're, right now you're not meeting that let's go girl let's get it I'm like oh my god my kid did that like yes let's get it like it's at the end of the day it's for your kids I guess and for themselves so that really hits home dude I'm really 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 glad dude especially now like them being put in this role like you come from a country, you're coming to a country that you don't know. Of course, you're going to feel vulnerable. You have to adapt, start from zero again, basically. It doesn't matter if they're, they're doctors or lawyers or chefs or oh, like restaurant owners or business owners. Like you come to a place that you don't know. You don't know the language. You're just like everyone else, if not below them. So you have to work your way up. And like after a point, like especially now that we're older, and we're growing and we all have our careers and education, uh, we can turn around and reach back out to them and be like, like, you don't have to stay. Like, you don't have to take care of me anymore. And you don't have to stay stagnant in whatever position in life you are. Uh, like, I told my mom a couple, I think years now, uh, similar experience with like, kind of like a little bit of what Stephanie and Hector were saying about the fact that like my mom and my dad, like you guys are like, you went to college, you know, this, 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 and that, like you look at all the moves that you did. Like when we were younger, like you came to a country, you literally brought me to a country that we didn't know if we were going to make it and we made it. And if you can do that, you can do anything else. And now she has like, her own business and my dad is doing his own thing and it's just like you just got to put that back into their head because like me I saw a lot a lot of the sides of my parents that I don't think my siblings know about so I feel like in a way I know them a little bit more um and I feel like like I could I could push them in that sense because my life with them was a little bit more uh it was closer because of how they brought me. I got hiccups. My bad. But uh, <laughs> I was like, dang. I was crying. I was no. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got this kid. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but like like we like we saw them in the vulnerable place that other people might have not seen them, like whether it's siblings or grandparents or uncles or cousins or whatever. So I feel like it means a lot more to them once we do push them and let them know like, Hey, like, this is who you are. Like turn around, look at yourself, pick yourself back up because you are capable of a lot more. And like, I think that's a different connection that we have with our parents, especially with being the, me being the oldest when we came here, it was just me. It wasn't my, my sisters weren't born yet. So like, there's a different connection of like, we struggled together. Like my family coming from Venezuela, going to New York, we lived in a one bedroom apartment for so long it was me and my parents and then like moving like three times and then move coming to Indiana. It's a different connection that you have with them. Uh, so you do see different sides of them. I think that's where people come with, Oh, you're the favorite. No, it's not that I'm the favorite. We've just been through a little bit more together. We've struggled together and we've had to lift our parents up. We've had to, like you guys said, tell them 
you got this, you can, you can keep going. Yeah. Um, with my mom as well, like I've seen her through a divorce and like having to pick her back up, like, Hey, I got you. I didn't go away to New York for college because I had to stay here with my mom because she was a single mom with my two sisters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, sometimes we have to put our things in the back and, and the back burner for them. But in the long run, it comes 10 times back and we yeah. be, end up being better for it. Mm-hmm. I think Wendy wanted to say something. Yeah, I'll go ahead really short. So um, I really wanted to thank you guys for sharing Hector, Stephanie, Miguel, Jose. I, I think we all pretty much have our own similarities in a way. But one of the things that I learned through like community work and working uh, with people that are directly affected by legislation is that at one point in our times, we all suffered and, and went through the same things. And so sometimes our parents like forget through, through just all the traditions, right? Working 24-7, being parents 24-7, relying on us. They forget that they have a heart and they forget que está hasta el rincón de quien sabe dónde. But um, I also want to open up the floor for, for us to like speak Spanglish. I think that's cool with me too. Um, mm-hmm. But they forget that we're their kids, right? We're not like their little assistants and their little secretaries. And so sometimes, yeah, it is cool to be like, you know what, no offense, but I believe in you and I want you to do this. And I think you can do it. Like if you were able to raise someone like me, you're, you're capable of anything and everything. And so mm-hmm. I think it's just super cool how like we, we all advance in our own way. And, and now we're here to push our parents. For sure. Well, we've gone through a lot of, a lot of content. I just wanted to break the content up and the, and the questions and the flow up a little bit more to give uh shed some light on some things that we've been doing on the on the back end so as we mentioned on our last podcast we've been working on this fund right and uh between ourselves Proyecto Siembra and uh other organizations I forget their names uh Cosecha and what was the other one Ayuya Ayuya yeah you yeah we've gathered I think last time we talked, we had about 30,000. And today, no, we had 18,000. We had 18,000? Wow. Yeah. And then today, I think less than a week, a little over a week, maybe, we got some great news uh, today, this morning, of, about a 30, was it a $35,000? Grant, a grant, yes. Dollar grant on top of another like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 grant that we got. So we're near, if not over 77,000 from the last time you guys heard the podcast. And if like, that's an insane number, just a thousand dollars for me is insane. So like, I didn't even expect the fund to even reach like over 5k. So like the fact that we're like 77k into it, almost a hundred K like that's insane. Yes. Um, also to point out, I don't know if you guys are familiar with La Plaza. They they received a grant for $100,000 from United United Way, I believe. And uh, to, to just think that us alone by the community, for the community, we made $77,000. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing to me. Like we're all, if like we're in our 20s, we're students, some of us are straight out of college, some of us still in college. Some of us like ha- are like established like some sort of business or career path for both of us. So like we're it, like in the face of like everyone that can do anything like big corporations or anything like that. It's like a group of st- students or like past students or future students are able to like connect with each other and speak to the community. And we're not afraid to reach out because if you haven't noticed everything we've already talked about and gone through, like we know what the community needs, what the community wants, because we are a part of the community. So it's crazy to me that just like a handful of us, along with like other team members and, and organizations were able to reach this insane goal of 77 K plus. Yeah. And, and we're just, just getting started. Yeah. And just to say, uh, like you said, they're not big corporation. They're small donations from the average people, undocumented yeah. people. It's like, holy cow, you guys did $77,000. Note, there there was money. There was a grant from two big 
organizations, yes. But the fact that all of you guys, all of us gather to start helping people. And then again, we're not getting paid, which I'm not saying we should be, but it's like, we're not getting paid. Uh, we are uh, working. We, but most of us has at least one job and we're still having time, putting time into this to help the community. Because mm -hmm. like Miguel said, you guys are the community. We are the community. We know what we need. And the people right now, what they need is the money to sustain themselves because the government is not helping them. Therefore, we need to do a part and help them ourselves. Mm -hmm. Someone's got to do it. I think Stephanie said something. He said the government's doing, we're doing what the government's not doing. And yes. that speaks volumes. And it's just, it's still just crazy to me that like, I look at everyone like in the Zoom meeting, like it's people like, like us in our 20s that are accumulating and asking, we're extending our hand to help that community and the community is talking back. And like what Hector said, like we are not doing this full time. Like this is like, if not part-time, less than part-time, the amount of, of time that we're able to go ahead and put into this. Yes, like other organizations, like this is what they do. But like the majority of us like are not being paid for this. Like this is a little less than part-time. And like, just imagine what this could be if we were doing this full time. Ooh, hmm. Like how, like how many more uh, donations we could accumulate it. But like, like I said, like, this is just a start. It's not about, um, I forgot where it's going. 77 K. <laughs> we did that. We did that. Let's go. And that's crazy. So and, I, I Go ahead, Mia. I know. I just, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to talk about that. Okay. No, you're good. And if we're still open, if you want to donate, um, just one dollar, guys. We don't. We're not asking for maybe twenty dollars, you know. But I'm gonna do the Bernie Sanders right now. He's like, um, the average contribution that we got it was like less than ten ten dollars. So if you have the money, donate, donate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, and if you don't know, like, if you don't have money to donate, we have other organizations like the like the food drive, food pantry that we're doing, or like we're not doing, but like we're we're talking and helping other organizations do. Like, you don't if you have time but you don't have money, time is money, and we would love for you to ex reach out and extend your hand and help the community. Uh, I know now, like with like the whole COVID nineteen thing, like you can't this is only a certain amount of things that we can do uh face to face but uh yeah i don't know like how the whole pantry thing is going on somebody wants to shed some more light into that well by the time the podcast drops the food drive will have already happened but it's still good to what we did um it's essentially cisco decided to donate um skillets of food and just a local community member um michaela dominga shout out to her thank you you were yeah. amazing not related but yeah not related <laughs> well not, not <laughs> sorry. um but yeah so she she decided to ask cisco for some assistance you know what are you planning to do to help the the, the hispanic latino community out and um she got this food donation and then she partnered with uh, La Furia Taqueria, which is also here in Indy. Mm. And they're providing their parking lot. And we are letting, well, they are letting people just do a drive-by pickup and food and go, which is amazing. <laughs> I won't give you the times because, again, it'll have already happened. But shout out to just regular people doing great things for our community. Again, doing what institutions that are already established should be doing. So... Uh, we can give like a like a brief overview of the uh, of the fun in Spanish. Uh, I might stutter on some information, so uh, like Hector or like Wendy or Lupe can can do it. Okay, or and Jose. Really, yeah, real quick, just in case, um, just because Miguel touched on a really important subject. If you guys are willing to donate your time, if you don't know where to donate it to, if you want to start volunteering, when I was uh, when I was in high school, like, I went to an old white high school. Like, I didn't know any 
thing. I didn't even know Indiana had a Hispanic community. And then I go to school, uh, to high, to college, and it's like, oh, I see one person in there that's speaking Spanish. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So what I'm trying to get is, if you don't know where to go, touch bases with one member of Proyecto Siembra. We'll lead you to where you want to go. We got a Yuya Undocumented Youth Alliance. They always are doing um, great things for the community, and that's one on, on top of my head. They're doing great things on the community. They're giving back to the community by giving uh, scholarships to undocumented people. Who does that? Like what um, organization does that, that you don't need to do anything to help us, and, but you'll get $1,000 if you do your scholarship application. So that's pretty cool. And if, if you're undocumented on top of that. And so if you are willing to donate time, we're not telling you to do three, three years with them or whatever, whatever time you got, just hit them up, hit anyone in here up, and we'll connect you with uh, volunteers where you can volunteer, even though right now uh, with the COVID-19, there's still time to help. There's location to help. We got, after this is over, we're going to need all the help that we can get. Ay, perfecto. Entonces, para las personas que están escuchando que hablan español, le queremos dar un poco de información de lo que hemos estado haciendo las últimas semanas. Um, una de las cosas que hicimos fue es que hicimos una colaboración con Micaela Domínguez um, y con Cisco y ellas también hicieron, hablaron con la taquería La Furia um, para donar comida para las familias que han estado afectadas por el coronavirus en, durante este, este tiempo. Fue algo muy bonito que pudimos hacer para darle eh, nuestro amor y también ayudar a esas familias que no tienen comida. Pero eh, vamos a tener la información en nuestra página. Pues ahí pueden ver dónde estuvo, quién lo hizo. Y también vamos a poder a ver, vamos a, vamos a ver si podemos eh, hacer algo así otra vez en el futuro. Pero para que sepan, eso fue algo que Proyecto Siembra, solamente nosotros hicimos el... El, el flyer para que la gente eh, supiera, um, pero fue a la gracia de Micaela Domínguez, como dijimos, y también con la ayuda de Cisco y la taquería La Furia. So, si tienen tiempo, pasen por allá, um, porque ellos están haciendo muchas cosas para ayudar a nuestra comunidad. Y también, como ya saben, tenemos el fondo y se lo va a pasar a Wendy para que le dé un update a ustedes um, de lo que estamos haciendo con eso. Thank you, Jose. Hola a todos, mi nombre es Wendy. Um, varios líderes, incluyendo mí mismo, uh, tomamos la, la iniciativa de crear un fondo para apoyar las familias indocumentadas. Vimos que al principio de la pandemia muchas familias tomaron golpes financieros, otras familias ya no están ganando suficiente dinero. Entonces tomamos a la iniciativa de crear un fondo para las familias. Vimos también de que muchos de los trabajadores indocumentados uh, son más vulnerables en, esta, en este tiempo de la pandemia. Entonces, uh, por ahora tenemos los fondos uh, en línea. Tenemos el fondo público para que sigamos tomando donaciones. Um, las, la, los, las organizaciones que tomaron... Uh, crédito fue Ayuya, DAU, Cosecha Indiana y Proyecto Siembra. Um, esperamos de que este fondo brinde conciencia a las familias indocumentadas y que también tomemos al uh, inicio de dar seguridad, protección durante estos, estos tiempos. Gracias. You were cutting up a little bit, Wendy, but we got, we got it. We understand Oh, it. man, for real. No, 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 it was just like a little <laughs> robot, but, good. but it was good. We understood it. Um, I hope Sorry, you guys reach my, out. My signal can be sucky here. And uh, get a little bit uh, of information of what we're doing and uh, give you guys some like realistic measurements of uh, where we're heading, where we're at, and uh, where we are going to go. Um, we've probably ran a little bit longer than we would have thought. We had a good conversation. Uh, anything else that you guys want to add? Uh, I wanted I wanted to add one more thing if I could really quick. Yeah. Okay, so May 1st, uh this upcoming Friday will be a day without immigrants. Uh so Cosecha Indiana has taken initiative to create like a caravan. So we we made a route uh to basically have the route is going to 
it's, it's going to create kind of like an awareness for specifically immigrants and what the world will be like without immigrants. So that is May 1st. If you would like more information about that, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to Madi and we can give you more information on that. Um, but that is May 1st. And whenever we do speak on things like this, uh, we will start posting articles on our pages and also tagging people who um, are speaking during this podcast, um, just so you guys know who me is, or if you guys don't have Wendy online or anywhere on social media, we'll give you guys those means to get in touch with that person. Um, That way you guys can stay connected and also reach out and help um, if you want to help as well. For sure. Wait, I did did want to end off on a... On a positive note, mm-hmm. um, I really want to end off by thanking my parents and I'm thinking your guys' parents, even though they're not my parents, because you're here and you're doing stuff. So shout out to them. But just honestly, like all the sacrifices that they made, not only again, as we mentioned, leaving everything they know and going to a completely strange place to better our lives at the end of the day is is not a small deed at all. And we slowly are paying it back to them every single day. And I think we're prime examples of, of how thankful we are and how, um, how blessed we are to have parents that were willing to take such a big sacrifice. I, I know we talk a lot of crap about all the work we have to do for them and how tedious it is. Like I hate paying my, paying my parents bills. But I would I have, do it over again if I, if yeah, I had so, the opportunity. Because I'm more privileged than I could ever imagine. Like I'm living this luxurious life that, never in my life my parents would have had at the age of 23 or at the age of 15. So I, I don't know if I would ever be able to do that. Uh, the same thing that they did. So I, I'm forever, forever grateful and just, I love them. Gracias, mamá y papá. Los quiero mucho. Yeah. And forever, like for all of those uh, of you listening as well, like we, we definitely want to encourage you to uh, look back at everything your parents have done, whether you uh, immigrated here with them or if you were born here, uh, but your parents immigrated here, uh, look at all the challenges and just really like be thankful for everything your parents have done. Um, obviously, like if you are able to still talk to your parents, uh, I know some of, some of us might be in like bad standing with our parents. Some of us might not even be able to talk to our parents, but we definitely encourage you guys to talk to your parents, thank them. And um, especially now, like with these like hard times that we're going through, uh, they definitely need it more than ever, for sure. Wait, so I want to kind of say what Steph said, but in Spanish as well. I'll give another shot. My Spanish isn't the best. Pero a todos los papás, uh, padres, madres que están escuchando ahora mismo, le queremos decir muchas gracias um, por el esfuerzo y por tanto que lucharon por dar un futuro mejor a todos nosotros. Y también por darnos el, el orgullo que tenemos de ser latino. Um, no simplemente de ser otra persona aquí, de trabajar en un McDonald's, que no tiene nada de malo, pero gracias por siempre decirme, tú puedes hacer más, te traje para acá para que seas un doctor, para cualquier sueño que tengas, aquí tienes todo para que lo, para que lo hagas. Um, so, yo le quiero decir gracias a mi mamá por todo um, y por todo lo que sigue haciendo, porque ya con un hombre de 26 años, Todavía me ayuda, pero aquí estamos para ellos y gracias a todos. So on that note, guys, uh, we thank you for listening. We hope you got uh, some encouraging words uh, or able, were able to relate to some of the stories that, and experiences and journeys that we went through. Uh, and we definitely want to know about your journeys and what you experienced. Did you relate to anything that we said? Definitely uh, hit us up on social media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, we don't have a TikTok yet. <laughs> and uh, we definitely have a bingo that we're going to post later. Jose made it. So it's like a little game that we want to play with you guys. Uh, definitely check that out and then send a screenshot and fill it out and share it around and send it over to us. Uh, we definitely want to see that. And we're going to fill them out and we're going to share them. And you're going to see that we're going to fill the board out (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Anything else you guys want to say? Any shout outs? No, I just want to real quick shout out um, just to everyone that's here listening to this. Uh, We know that you might be uh, from another country. Just know that you're a little boss ass bitch. Okay. You can do whatever you want. 
um, encourage your parents, um, be whatever you want to be. Don't let, at this point in life, it's like, don't let anything, not even coronavirus, well, maybe stay at home, don't do stupid shit right now, but whenever this is done, uh, be whatever you want to be, uh, do whatever you want to do, help your parents out, and just be you, bro. Be you. Chef's kids. <laughs> We are officially going to call Hector the hype king because he just hypes us up and keeps us going. Right. So you earned that title. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, well, all right, guys. Uh, that's basically it. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we will see you in the next podcast. Hi. Take care. Hi. Hey guys, this is Miguel, the host for this podcast. I just wanted to take some time and shed some light on other podcasts that some of our team members are actually working on separately from this one. Uh, one of them being Stephanie. Um, you know Stephanie, she's a part of this podcast. She's a part of the community, but she also has her own separate podcast touching a bit on different topics that we might have just skimmed over throughout this episode uh one of them being about being in your sweet 20s this podcast will take you through the raw struggles of navigating your oh so fun 20s uh time to talk about things that make us uncomfortable from sex to politics to health and just living life um you'll explore a lot of things shaping you guys into what call young adults uh so definitely join stephanie and her episode sweet 20s and join the conversation available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.